0: I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. I'm
1: Daniel Colborne.
0: And I'm Caleb Porzio. And welcome to episode 31 of the North Meet South Web Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 31 of the North Meet South Web Podcast. Today we have on the show with us Caleb Porzio and Daniel Colborne. We set out to have a bit of a pre-recording chat in this episode and as the pre-recording chat went on, we got to about 45 minutes and sort of realized that we had some really good content for an episode. So we don't really have a defined start for the beginning of this show. We're going to drop in right when we were talking about how Daniel got started with his Fits and Starts podcast. So... Apologies for that, but, uh, we hope, hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. Cool. There we
2: go. So fits and starts. Yeah. You were explaining to me how that, uh, came about. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, it started out as, uh, John and I used
1: to, uh, so we went to college together and we would just like, uh, come up with an idea for a thing and do about like 1.2 days worth (laughs) of work on it and then abandon it. Um, and so we were always saying that we worked in fits and starts and so the whole point of the podcast was that it was going to be a podcast that we would actually do about all of the things that we would never actually nice. do and so the first couple episodes were like playing destiny while we record <laughs> and like it, it was like the first couple episodes are total garbage I think they're but, great. uh some reason some reason people uh download episode zero like all the time like I think we got like 40 downloads on it like yesterday that's funny um and so they go back and listen to this garbage episode instead of listening to the latest one so anyway that's funny know. so
2: like if people do just like like you were talking about Caleb people like to just hear people hang out on air I think yeah, yeah totally
3: it's the most fun thing that's exactly what I did with fits and starts I got into it like later on and then I just went back and listened to zero and one and two and they're so much fun because they're just chilling and joking around and yeah
2: hmm. yep How's yeah. uh 20% time been
3: going for you guys? Solid. It's crazy how like I don't know. It's sort of taken off in a small way. I don't know, right, Dan? You'll know, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah I, I mean we just it. like it, we, we have all these discussions in Discuss Dev, which is the, the Slack channel at Titan where we talk mm-hmm. about developer stuff. And so many of them are like lengthy and really good. And then one time it just got out of hand and Daniel like private slack message me was like dude we're gonna make a podcast it's gonna be 20 minutes long it's gonna be called 20 percent time he just like listed all these things off I was like done <laughs> and so that that day or the next day it was recorded and out which was awesome that's the and best it, way to do it yeah and it did really well and like the the whole process is just so it almost feels like cheating a little bit because we we like get on we barely plan at all we just say like a topic and then we get on and we record for 20 minutes what you hear and then we just you know pop it in the in the whatever yep garage band do, do, do,
1: yeah my edit on that takes 20 minutes tops it's literally just like finding the beginning and end of the topic yeah. and like usually the end is just when we hang right, up yeah, like, so right. it's literally just like finding the beginning yeah, of the right. topic and then like fading the music into the beginning and fading yeah. the music into the end and then bouncing an mp3 yeah you know? i really
2: look forward to it actually i really enjoy the show it's been awesome you guys cool. have had some really good discussions on there and i think it's uh, spawned a lot of discussions in the community too. I feel like we reference it mm-hmm. on a regular basis when we're talking about stuff for Laravel News because we're like, oh, there's this pull request out there, and like this right. has a lot to do with what those guys were talking about on Twenty Percent Time. So, yeah, it's been really cool. I, I really love that show. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. At that uh, that conference I was at last week, I think two people said they were listeners, which just kind of blew my mind because in my mind nobody listens to it. Like it's just not yeah. something that people listen to at all. And then yeah. somebody references it, and it's you know. It's fascinating
0: um yeah so you know you don't get any feedback you get the numbers in simple cast and maybe they go up week on week but you don't really know that anyone actually cares about what you're right. talking about right right so yep we're, we're I, slowly asked, starting like, to get to that point now what's that you're getting to
3: that point where we're, you know people we're getting, are getting yeah just now yeah that's great yeah i mean i i'm i never give feedback on podcasts well i never did before like i was a hardcore listener yeah. to Laracast snippet and the Laravel podcast of course and and the Laravel news podcast in and out before you guys And I never gave any sort of feedback. I never you know They yeah. had no idea that I religiously listened and knew every episode and
2: you know <laughs> Yeah, do you listen to Adam's show too? I'm sure you do you yeah must that too listen to all because of we just we kind of talked about that on Twitter. You were like Well, what were we talking about? We were talking about Was it on Twitter or was it on or was it on the telegram? You were saying basically like a good way that you feel like to learn is to just pick somebody as almost like a mentor and just kind of like absorb all of their yeah right everything that they put out there. So like you know you look at his refactoring to collections, you go through his testing course, you're following all of his streams for kite tail, and then it's like before you know it you're like a Adam Wathan clone for better or for worse, right? Like all of his all of his little and you know his little (laughs) hills that he chooses to die on with (laughs) Python and all that stuff.
0: My favorite. It's fun watching him stream as well because obviously he's Canadian and he doesn't. It doesn't really come through in his podcast. But when you're watching him stream, he says a a lot more. <laughs> it's mm, funny. Does okay. he really? From that perspective, yeah. But I've um I put in my my notice at my current job two weeks ago, so I've kind of run out of stuff oh, wow. to do, and so I was Ooh, just wow. sitting there and w- watching his live stream the other day. <laughs> right. Oh gosh.
3: Yeah, I I've been. I, I watched those in and out. I was doing it pretty hardcore for the first for the yeah. first maybe couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's always good, you know. It's good stuff. To just it's stop good by just
0: and to see someone else write code. So yeah, for sure, especially him. he has got that brain. Oh
3: my gosh, he's so
2: fast. Yeah. Like uh, he, I've I've paired with him maybe two times, and it is unbelievable how fast that man can move through an editor. Hmm. It's just insane. Yeah, what's crazy to me is how he debugs. Like he he debugs smarter
1: than hmm. I do. What do you mean? Which is kind of annoying. Like, uh, I, I've only paired with him once and it was on just like a brain bender weird problem. Hmm. And like, I, need, I just needed to pair with someone and it was, you know, 6.30 or 7 or something and everyone was gone. And I was like, Adam, uh, can you help me with this? I just, I'm losing my mind. And so he jumped in and what it turned out to be was that like, because... Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was somehow I was getting Global Composer to, like, pull in the wrong version of PHP unit, which was causing me to accidentally pull in dependencies from some global Laravel
2: oh my gosh. project.
1: So anyway, long story short, I was getting, I was getting like, the wrong version of something and getting a totally... Ins- oh, it was Laravel Mix. I was getting, like, an inscrutable Laravel Mix error because of Jigsaw. Right. Oh, that was yes. what was happening. <laughs> um, but the way he jumped in, like the the way he debugged it was like it didn't make any more sense to him than it made to me except that he debugged it just better than i did you know like every step along the way he he had like the right next small incremental step where we could learn like just enough about the bug to like move on to the next step which i guess makes you know i guess that qualifies him to write a tdd course (laughs)
2: because he's good at reading errors but uh yeah yeah he uh i think the thing that was most impressive to me and i think this is I think it's like a sublime thing but like he you know uh, he doesn't read documentation on the laravel <laughs> right and stuff and i think caleb yeah. you're probably kind of heading towards that same direction right where it's like yeah everything is source diving like if right. you have a question get, it's yeah, like you per- you pretend done. like the documentation doesn't even exist <laughs> right. you're just, yep. yeah. just looking you know you're going into the class and like looking at all the methods and then diving a little bit deeper yeah so that was really interesting to me because uh when we were pairing i think that was exactly what happened like we discovered a feature while we were pairing mm-hmm. he's like hmm I wonder if we could do that he's like I wonder if there's a method named this and so he didn't even like he didn't even go to a class I think he just searched within in sublime like you know look Fine. for a look for a method named this and nice. then he's like yep there it is he's like you know it's it's like it's so right. funny because with Laravel you can do that like yeah. Taylor names all of the methods so yeah right succinctly yeah, I mean, and he's so intuitively named. so tailored common sense true. yeah right yeah you can just kind of look for the name of a method and assume it's going to be there if it's you know if you have the ability to do something right that's pretty cool i've also liked caleb all your uh, stuff on twitter like um all of your little screenshots tips. yeah those are cool yeah. and actually this is funny i'm building every time i get a good tip like this so i put it in a twitter moment okay and i'm gonna release it sometime here oh. what is
3: a twitter moment have you ever never, never seen a moment? I, okay. No, so not like, at all. if
2: you go to if you go to Twitter and then like, there's a little lightning bolt. This will like you can have moments, which are like okay. Georgia poll, you know judge upholds ruling that Brendan Dassey's confession blah 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 whatever which sucks. But it's got all the tweets that are related to that hmm. in a little in a little thing. Okay. And then you can share it and it's actually really nice on uh, mobile. It looks really good on mobile. Okay. And. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm just calling it Laravel Quick Tips I think is what I'm calling it so I'm, this name of, the nice. name of my moment and so then I can it's whenever I want to I can just publish that moment yeah so I think let me see if I, I can I always just
3: wrote this off as Twitter's like news feed thing that I accidentally scroll to every so often mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I did not see that create new moment button in the top right and that
2: yeah Well. Wow. I'm wondering if I can share this with you guys just to see just to see if you can see what it looks like no looks like I can't at all. Maybe some other time, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Even if it's, even if it's only for me, right. um, you can, you can do it that way. So you basically can aggregate, have a little aggregate of, of tweets where you can say like, huh, these are all related to Laravel and, and nice. instead of, you know, just favoriting them and hoping you remember, you can right. throw them into a little moment. And the nice thing is like, if you click the little arrow in the top right corner of a tweet, it'll allow you to specify which moment and it will say like, add it to your level quick tips moment, like That's right cool.
3: there. Yeah. For me, I mean, Twitter is like I, I didn't know about moments, so I treat it as this repository of useful tips. So like anything. So my little like train of thought is if it's like a cool tip that I want to remind myself of, I retweet it. And so like when I retweet things, it's often not for the purposes of like spreading it, which, it you know, it is, too. But like for me, it's like, OK, I need to log this even if I don't want to share it. Like I have to retweet it because otherwise it's going to be yeah. lost forever. You know and a like is just like a form of approval for me it's like like hey this is cool like i want to shout like yeah. i don't know it's like poking um yeah but yeah like the retweet is the, the keeping it in my log and then i personally post things of course to share and everything and build the audience and whatever and just connect with people but it's also just to create my own log of like useful stuff
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: i don't know but it seems to be becoming like a popular thing like and maybe it was always popular and I just was never paying attention to it, but I know Adam, yeah. like he he was the quick quick tipper guy like with the screenshots and the f- flame emoji things and like yeah. <laughs> that's where I picked it up. That's where I was oh like, this is such a great plat. I don't know. It's like a great way to share knowledge. It's so like shorthand and useful and distilled yeah. and yeah, but then like, I don't know, Steve Shoger out of nowhere is posting all these ridiculously awesome design tips
0: Yeah. and yeah, uh, and Wes Ball is I think is where it, Where Adam attributes it coming from. I don't know where it was before that.
2: Okay. Because West Boss, was it West Boss or? Yeah, I think it was. But he was just talking about basically sharing content like where people are at. So instead of saying like, hey, here's a quick article I found, here's a link to it, Mm -hmm. like take a screenshot, share the content where people are at. Like don't Mm -hmm. make them go somewhere else to consume it. Right. And just like providing them value. Right. It's kind of like that Gary Viner. What's his name?
3: Gary Van- Vaynerchuk? Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk? Vaynerchuk. Yeah, like he yeah. basically,
2: you know, he, he uses that, um, you know, provide value like jab, 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 right hook is his mm-hmm. book. Right. So Same. like provide value, provide value, provide value, and then make an ask, right? right? And people are going to be much more likely to buy if you've provided a lot of value for them than they would be if yeah. you're just like,
3: totally.
2: hey, I'm some spammy dude showing up telling you to buy my course yep. or whatever.
3: When I mean, I'm sure, I don't know about you guys, but when Adam came out with his first book and his second book, well, his course, but when he came out with the first book, like, you know, we were following it. I, I got that first email. Like, I was already sold, even if I didn't
0: ever read it. Like I was gonna yeah. pay for it. It was yeah. just gonna happen. Yeah, I'm tragic for that. <laughs> like <laughs> I I love everything that he's doing and I just want him to be like successful in what he's doing. So if I just give him money, then maybe right. he'll be successful. And then maybe one day that favor will get returned when it's my turn. So <laughs> now, I still haven't watched his his test driven Laravel course, but I paid however what, $160 or whatever it was Australian yep. so right yeah. uh
2: this is so this is funny so I'm looking back through a telegram messages I had with Adam and we were talking about so that he was writing some messages to me and he says I'm gonna make a tweet out of that emoji plus tip plus gift screenshot equals infinite retweets <laughs> this was like this yeah. was in uh March of 2016 right like so yeah right. over a year ago like he had figured out this you know you know, the uh, winning combination of how to get these retweets. And so he's been doing
3: it for a while, and I think it works well for him. I didn't know it was a formula until one of his recent streams on Friday or Tuesday or whatever, and he he was being really sarcastic. He did something really cool, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll probably – Well, he was like kind of stuck on something. He wasn't sure if this thing was possible in Laravel. He's like, I'll just come back to it. You know, if I find it, then I'll, you know, I'll take a screenshot. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll put a flame emoji and I'll like feel good about myself, you know. (laughs) And he said it in like this really dry way that was like, I've been here like so many times. Like, Uh, it's just like his own (laughs) amusement that he's doing this. And yeah, I don't know.
0: And it works though like any any of those tweets that i put out myself they are always like ridiculously over retweeted and they drive that conversation as well right i think to, i think the one that i
2: had today was probably the most successful <laughs> conversation i've ever had that was crazy now, I've, I've had i've had more like maybe favorites and stuff than what i had today on that one but this mm, was by great. far the most valuable for me like i felt like Yeah, but how many of those led to a Laracon title (laughs) fight? (laughs) This is true. So it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a three-way fight. Me, Daniel, and David Hempill with a a bare-knuckle cage match on on the stage. (laughs) On the stage. Well, you have judo training, and David has MMA training, <laughs> jujitsu, I think, and I am—I uh, think I took a, a week of karate training at the YMCA when I was—you <laughs> got when this. I was in second. grade. I have about as much judo training <laughs> as I have long division training.
1: <laughs> like,
2: like, I stopped learning both around the same time. <laughs> Uh, yeah so that traffic. should be fun i've been teasing <laughs> david that i'm gonna fight him for like you know since i think i think since i found out he was an mma fighter i actually have this amazing mm-hmm. gif of him kicking some dude in the face and knocking him out in the actual fight that he wow. had yeah it's pretty incredible that's great to, yeah i'm gonna have to find that and share yeah, it with you, definitely you guys right now. Have to do that. all right let me see yeah. if i can i'm gonna put it in the telegram chat
3: hold on like second. how do you work well with that tweet going on today it was like it was nonstop. stop everybody <laughs> yeah. just kept weighing in and like I spent a good 10 minutes trying to figure out, like, my own funny approach to it. And, you know, I don't know. It was just a good time.
2: (laughs) It was interesting to hear, like, so many different uh, opinions. And there are, I mean, after thinking about it, I was like, okay, there is at least four different ways I can think of that are common. Mm -hmm. So you have the view global helper and then the name of the view that you're going to pass in, comma, the array, like, that you're going to do it where you actually... The array of data that you're going to pass in, right? Uh, where you actually specify the keys and the values, or there is a second way, which is what I tend to use a lot of times, which is compact. Right. And you just pass in, you know, into compact the the names of the temp variables that you have declared later uh, earlier on in your uh, controller method, and then it will create a key array for you. And then there is the you know you can use the global helper specify the name of the view that you're going to use, and then you arrow with and then include a name and the variable that you're going to do. Right. Or you can use the magic with, where you say, like, <laughs> with products, and then include just the products variable. And then in addition to that, you have view composers, which somebody mentioned, which I thought was interesting, where they said, right. if we have more than three, we use a view composer, which I was like, hmm. And I hate for me, view composers. Yeah, this, no, it's it because there. they're magic, right? Yeah. Like, you never know they're there. Like, you have yeah. to.
3: Like, I've tripped
0: my own, myself up on them bad, like, mm-hmm. and I regret using them. I don't know. Yeah, Error's it... array is probably the only one that I I like because it's always there, right? That's composed in I imagine. Mhm. Right. Yeah, yeah, no that's a that's a good use case for it.
3: Yeah, that is interesting though. Like there's these four factions and you know you you tweet out this thing and everybody quickly kind of like al- like this is a conversation that we had and discussed dev a couple months ago where I just posted in there innocently mm-hmm. like hey, guys, what do you think? Do you use with or do you use the array or something like that? And it just – There are no innocent right, and it Code into Code is thing. war. And I quoted Adam – I quoted him from that conversation. actually looked it up today and went back to it. And it's pretty much the same conversation. It was a mirror of the conversation that's happening yeah. on Twitter. I don't know. It's just fascinating. And like the different backgrounds, like, like then you came out, Jacob, and we're like, uh, you know, I I, I'm a compactor because Jeffrey's a compactor. Yeah. And I was totally Mm -hmm. a compactor because Jeffrey was a compactor. And I did it. Yeah, because he did it for so long. And then Matt, like in a pull request or in a pairing session was like, yo, no, no on the compact. Yeah. (laughs) I I had to wash that out of me.
1: There are definitely things like that, that like I've really enjoyed. And then they just like clash with Either Matt's style or like Samantha does a lot of my right. code review, either like her style or Matt's style. And if something, if I like run against their style like more than three times, it's like, all right, I'm tired of seeing yep. this comment yep, in my code totally. review. Like <laughs> yeah, I just changed just the submit. way I care He's about like, this. Yeah, and then, and then you do that for a month and then everything else looks yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, you know? it's, so it's like, yeah. Now I just I have to do the with like with is the only way for me. So uh, well, Adam came
3: wrong. and, you know, said that thing about mutability. And I, I thought I think he has a knack for explaining these things. that I don't know. Like I would never think of this returning of you in terms of mutability. I just never would. Yeah. But, you know, he's like this feels like when I use the with it feels like a mutable thing. He always like adds those like like kind of like and then a really concrete thing mutable, you know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of <laughs> like sort of feels like mutable. And uh, but but then he's like that's why I like the array syntax because you feel like you're passing it all at once and. Anyway, I've been straight yeah. array syntax ever since. So yeah,
2: I think that's a good. I actually, so it's funny because I today went back to some code. I was like reviewing one of my junior devs' code, and I was like, he used compact, and I was like, hmm, that's yeah, not a good use there, like because he was passing in like a bunch of stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. So we ended up using uh, the array, the array syntax, and I was like, it made so much more sense to do it there. And then we did it. In, we inlined it right. So instead of like assigning temporary variables earlier on, right, we just right. we just did the array, yep. and then you know did. The assigning right there in the uh, in the array, so it worked really well. It looked so much cleaner, and I was like, "Wow, that's Mm -hmm. incredible!" So, I've even derived a value from that conversation like a lot today, even today. Today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's Um, crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say for me, view composers. Kind of going back to that. The only times that I've used view composers has been when I needed when. Let me think here. So if I had like a sidebar or something. Mm And yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to have to explicitly pass in every right. time those same variables that the sidebar needs mm. in every view that I'm going to use the sidebar in. I'll use a view composer and say, like, you know, this is a sidebar view composer and and I'll pass the variables in that way. Um, that's been helpful. There is uh, a couple other times where it's like I want to have something always in. Have you ever used Jeffrey Way's um, JavaScript yeah, oh, injector, yeah. like PHP to JS vars Yeah, I was all about that. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh, one second. Sorry, I'm writing down something that I'm gonna forget. Okay. Uh, so what I've done is, at times, I'll have I'll, I'll use a view composer for that. So because mm. yeah. in the in the view composer, oh. you can say JavaScript, and then you can inject like the right. user always into the JavaScript from a view composer, and you can say for these particular views, inject that JavaScript right. into the into there. Which that's been helpful. That's really nice because I don't have to declare
3: it every single time on the mm-hmm. on the whatever. Well, then, like, uh, you know, uh, Taylor's Laravel global JavaScript thing that got added, and that's kind of an answer to that. And I saw, Mm -hmm. like, I I read through the Spark source before that was in Laravel, and he did that in Spark. He had, like, a global Spark JavaScript object that just contained everything you need about the current plan, like, some permission stuff, the current user, and then it came into Laravel. And I I think it's out now. I I think he might have taken it out, but I really like it. I like that just like there's a it's like the bridge between PHP and JavaScript it's like well defined and here it is you know mm-hmm. it's not sort of scattered throughout view composers so i don't
2: I know i think it's in the bootstrap js
3: i think is where that
2: lives or lived
3: it used to live to in the like index file or in um in like layout you know app.blade okay. or whatever mhm used to be right right in a script tag okay
2: yeah and i'm trying to remember to like I would be sometimes frustrated because I remember I would like, there would have the CSRF and it'd have that. And the only way I could ever get like that one layout file was to do like auth make. And then it was like, mm. it would magically like give you that, that layout, that app dot layout file right. or whatever. Dot blade. And so then I would just like take that and then destroy all the crap, the other crap that yep. I made. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just use That's that funny. as like my, my base layout. Totally. You know, and extend too. everything yep. from there. I can't wait
1: to uh, construct react for my views like i just can't wait for five five like i had something today where like i i'm so i love i love samantha's posts but i'm so tired of <laughs> going and looking up samantha's right. blog post and doing it every time i want to like
3: test something so do you guys use react like, quite a bit not this guy yeah i think we're about 50 yeah, he's 50 he's that 50 on the other 50 <laughs> your <laughs> yeah. view all the way Caleb. K- yeah i'd never Caleb i've view. never done any reacted titan ever, and that's all that's all daniel does is that's react, all i do yeah. yeah i write i've probably written
1: more react than laravel since i've been really at titan. interesting but that's just because i've been on some very reacty project and
2: do you are you like, like in love
1: are you completely in love with it i really hmm. like it and like now i'm finally like so i had never written react before i got to titan so like i came in on like a front end project with samantha and she was basically like all right kid we're teaching you react <laughs> like so uh so like i learned react and like we started you know working on stuff and now i'm comfortable enough with react that like i'm starting to like build my own little tools and stuff for it you know and now now i like feel like the world is like completely opened nice. up hmm. to me you know like i'm now seeing weaknesses in like different styles and right, different, right you know like i i know enough react to like have an right, opinion about cool. it now
2: and i love it you've kind of crossed that threshold right you feel like you uh you were offered the red of the blue pill, and you took the blue pill, and down the rabbit hole you went, and now you're you're totally a React mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, that's yep. it, it. Was the teal? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I've wanted to try it. It's just for me. It's just finding the time to like have to waste on it. I mean, I hate to say waste, but you know, like you, yeah, totally. you have to, you have to make the investment, right. To get to that point where you can actually <laughs> be educated enough about it to say, oh, okay, now I can see the difference between view and react. And for me, <laughs> like pragmatically, it's just easier to say, okay, like everybody in the Laravel community does Vue, or a lot, the vast majority. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the same resources that I use to ask questions about Laravel stuff, I can ask those people about Vue stuff. It's just a lot more of like a natural fit for me because I don't work on a team that has a React expert like Samantha's like Miss React, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really cool opportunity, though, to be able to work with Samantha and and basically have an awesome mentor to learn that stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I think I really
1: so I've worked with Samantha on every project. and I think you've worked with Keith on most projects, right, Caleb? so I'm team view. Yep. And so I think it's about time for us to like switch senior <laughs> devs, so that you can be forced to write right. a bunch of React, and I could like write Vue with Keith and see what happens. These,
3: these factions sort of emerged as a joke, but um, but like React and Vue, like you know, at the end of the day, they're component front-end frameworks. So like, if all the things that people love about React is, you know, we love about we love the same things about Vue. It's like, you know, the jQuery killers were like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, or the Angular, yeah, right, killers, yeah, more right, more importantly,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still writing jQuery now because I'll just look at it and go, I don't really want to pull in view and jQuery is already there because Bootstrap's mm-hmm. already there in the in a scaffolded Laravel app. So I may as well just sprinkle some of that in and do what limited stuff I need to do. And I right. always feel gross about it, but I've been using jQuery for such a long time that sometimes it's easier just to spin out some two-line jQuery thing than it is to, to create a new component and go that way. Totally. And what...
1: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of at the point now where I don't want to write Blade templates mm. anymore. Oh, like, <laughs> like it just feels it Easy. feels like a waste of time Easy. to write Blade. a yeah.
0: React component if you don't have a Blade component? I mean, come on. In the one
1: div that I will write, div app, div id equals app. <laughs> no, like I'll write I'll, I'll write one div for oh, each component. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Div id equals yep. post. <laughs> So for me with Vue, it's um, I really enjoy it. Michael, I was like, you know, I was a hardcore jQuery. You know, jQuery was like the thing, even like five years ago. Yeah. You know, five years ago, jQuery was like really one of the, I don't know, I can't say one of the few options. You had Backbone and Angular was starting to kind of be a thing, I guess. Um, but I learned a lot about, I would go on Stack Overflow and be like, how do you do this in jQuery? And they're like, well, here's how you do it in vanilla JavaScript. And it's like, oh, okay. And Andy Asmani had all those posts about uh, different JavaScript um, uh, kind of mo- patterns, right? like the revealing module pattern and all those different things. And I remember previous to reading a bunch of those posts, like everything was just spaghetti jQuery all over the place. So it helped me to kind of get a better structure with my jQuery stuff. And then it felt like a very natural transition to view because it's very, it feels very similar. The view, uh, kind of how you say new view, and then you're passing in an object and everything is like, you know. Everything just looks exactly like what it would be if you were doing like a module pattern sort of jQuery thing. So it was an easy transition for me. Having said that, it has been a challenge with like how you integrate it completely while using Blade and wanting to use some of the helpers that are available to you in Blade. Like the one of the big things that held me back was validation because it was I because I just loved the Laravel way of doing validation, it was so easy i never even had to think about it it was like okay in my controller this validate here's the rules done if it doesn't work it's going to pass it back with the errors it's going to display it done piece of cake no worries and with view it's just so freke uh has a package other that makes the validation stuff sort of easier but i haven't done it you know i've done it myself yet so that's kind of the one thing that's a little bit, like, holding me back from, like, just mm. everything is a component on my page. So I'm still working on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a
1: few things that shouldn't be components, you know? Like, you know, you do want to have an app that works if JavaScript is, doesn't <laughs> yeah, exist. Maybe, maybe you, know? you do. So, like, you know, graceful degradation is good and everything. I'm just saying, like, personally, I don't want to write Blade. Yeah. You know? like I Like, I like Blade more than I like, you know, writing you know php writing like PHP, PHP, php in my views yeah. or whatever i'm the opposite but, uh,
3: right now. i the the last app i worked on was all view and so every blade file was a view component yeah but it wasn't all react like, caleb well right so it was, <laughs> well it was all view and and i felt like it just feels fragile to me not that it's fragile it's not and it's totally good and and writing it is great and all that but when i when i dared myself to like go back into just blade like, whoa. It, it it just felt so solid. Like, I just know this is always there and it's going to work and it loads mm. instantly and you can mm-hmm. do a lot. Like And so, for, now, for me, it's like the starting point. Like, I do that as far until I have to. And even like jQuery or raw JavaScript, you can get so far. But, like, for me, it's, if I need a form, like, if you have a form and you need to be able to add an indefinite yep. amount of something, yep. that's, for me, it's like, alright, I'm, I'm using Vue because I'm not going to do this by hand because it's just the worst for me anytime i have to have like an id that's a random key or something you know yeah. like to attach a click handler and stuff yeah like that's when i chance. just go to am like i can't yeah. do that
2: anymore i'm totally with you Any like yeah if i have to reach for like a click handler i'm like nope yep. i abandoned that hell a long time ago it was like so horrible <laughs> like seriously like trying to trying to um manage the state using the dom is just it's so insane right it's so yep. insane so I'm curious though. So do you use inline templates then? So do you kind of? So I'm, no. you know, I'm getting started with like my Spark, my first Spark app, and I'm looking at mm-hmm. how Taylor kind of did all that stuff,
3: right? And the his, all inline template version. I don't know what it's at now, but when, last time I looked, it was like all inline templates. Yeah, all of it is right. Okay. So is
2: that how you do yours or no? You you I actually? don't,
3: and I don't think you can, right? Like because of the way that Laravel comes bootstrapped right now, hmm. view gets initialized like up front. So if you define an inline template, you have to store the javascript file separately and load it like up front. Okay, so here's the problem. I would use inline templates if I could if I could write the component in that blade file. You know, if I could have a script tag that defined that component in that blade file, does that make sense? Yep. Um, but I can't do that because Vue is already initialized. So I would have to create a separate file just for the javascript like in Spark, like mm-hmm. every component is and so I feel like if I have a separate file for JavaScript, I'm just going to, you know, do the single file view yeah. component thing. Yeah. So I do single file view components, you know, yeah, when I, think I get the, there.
2: I think the difficulty that you, the thing that you lose there is then you lose like the ability to do any blade directives in your... Yeah,
3: right. And that's a, for me, yeah, I mean, it's, then I just leverage properties. Uh, Zangle put out a post a while ago that it seems so obvious, but I didn't really think it was fair playing but but just like pass properties from blade you know when you define the component in your blade template mm-hmm. define properties for everything you need so whatever the blade directive is that you needed pass it through a prop so the big one for me is routes like i don't have access yeah. to route naming in my yeah, view yeah, yeah, yeah. templates right and that's a huge problem so i just create a prop called whatever url i need you mm-hmm. know and then i and then i just access every the props is the that's the bridge between for me between laravel and Vue is now properties and zangle has a really good post on it i think jesse Shutt wrote it and it kind of opened my eyes to like oh you can you can do this middle ground well you don't have to make your own apis for every single interaction
0: yeah
2: that's been an interesting problem i've been trying to solve too and we actually talked about that michael where did we talk about that was it north meet south or was it laravel yeah. News? yeah i
0: think it was on north meet south Talking we talked about, about basically sharing routes, routes
2: yeah between yeah. laravel and Vue. Hmm. that's a good way to do it caleb and i've kind of done that a couple times but my my question was and that so like what you suggested there completely solves the problem it really does but yeah. the question i posed was is there a way basically to do exactly what we do in laravel in view where we just right. say route yep. and whatever i think and was,
3: everybody who's done this enough like has that exact fantasy yeah,
2: yeah. like there, just, but there must be a way there were some really good solutions actually we, there was a. Uh, who are we talking about that way? Like I, I'm trying to remember. I think we talked about it on um, this, uh, this Slack channel we uh, share with a couple of people called Cash Money Cowork. Shout out David Hemphill, and <laughs> he talked about it, and we shared kind of some code that a listener had written in, and I think it pretty much accomplished what what that goal is. You know, right, being able to do this exact same thing. I haven't tried. it. I haven't actually pulled it into a project yet. So I'll, I'll let you know if it if it actually works out. Maybe we'll put that in the show notes for for anybody who yeah, wants to check cool. it out. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, he was. Uh, this was going back to this is. I wrote down something um, that I was gonna forget. You guys might remember that. So I remember one of the things you guys were talking about how Matt has kind of uh, dissuaded you guys from the use of compact. I remember mm. I was working on just log, and I used to do this all the time, where I would have just a single line. A single line javascript statement so i would be like you know like uh one of the things that i would do in javascript on a fairly regular basis is return false like or early return okay so i'll do like some conditional check right like so if this value is blank just return false like don't don't go any further and i would put that on a single line with no mm, brackets okay. no anything right. just like if right like if name is equal to nothing return false right yeah. just No, no curly braces or anything needed. I remember I I put that in and Matt was like, no, let's put that on a separate line. And I was like, really? Why? Like, what's the, what's the, he's like, oh, it's like PSR2. I was like, PSR2 is like PHP though, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just for consistency. And so now I don't do that anymore and I kind of miss it like Hmm. but that's definitely yeah (laughs) it's funny like you said after a certain amount of time like you can't not do it and see it as wrong right that was exactly me what were you saying Daniel so Matt has
1: never as far as I recall Matt has never told me to write PSR2 JavaScript but I think just talking to Matt a lot and like having him look at my code like, my taste has just, like, evolved to yeah. be <laughs> more like Matt's, just, like, by yep. evolution, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> survival of the fittest. My uh, my taste is a lot like Matt's now. And so, I recently have just started, like, putting, like, moving braces around and, like, putting trailing commas and mm-hmm. arrays and doing things where it's, like, I don't want to have to think about, like, am I in JavaScript or PHP? So, basically, anywhere in JavaScript that I can do something that complies with PSR2, I'm doing it. Yeah. Because... Like I'm tired of like code switching between the two of them.
2: No, I think that's good. I think it's a good thing to do. You know, I really do like not having to context switch between which one you're in. I think is a very helpful thing, mm-hmm. and I'm with you too. Like trailing commas, like all that stuff. Like it does make it far easier. And uh, now that I've been doing it for a while, it's just I can't see a single line anymore without braces
0: and not think like nah, that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, especially yep. when you're mm-hmm. spending so much time between the two. I think especially in Laravel land, you are Mm -hmm. going to use a lot of JavaScript and you are going to use a lot of Vue and you are going to jump into your PHP controllers and your models and things like that. So the more everything looks similar, the easier it's going to be, you know, Mm -hmm. less cognitive overhead, easier to switch contexts and things like that. So,
1: And I know you guys are not as obsessed with resources (laughs) as Caleb and I are, but this is why... This is why it's so important to have resource methods in JavaScript that match up with Laravel resource methods
2: so that you can just have the same names for all your methods. (laughs) Everything's just the same. Didn't you put something out about this just the other day? Did you have some little...
1: Yeah, because I, I just tweeted like a little... I made a little NPM package that's literally just one class that is like a wrapper for Axios that has like Laravel
2: resource. Okay, explain names. this to me because this does seem really interesting. I looked at it just briefly, but help me understand. So you actually have mm-hmm. a little? Is it a little class that you can call? So it's almost like a model in yeah. JavaScript. Is that what it is?
1: Uh, yeah, basically. So it's like at the top of my thing, I'll say like import resource from es6 resource client. You know. Okay. And then if I need, like, say, I need all the users, I'll just say resource uh, resource dot index okay. users. And say I need to create a user, I'll say like resource dot store users comma, and then oh, pass a user object. Yeah, so it's basically like all of the like very like so I took all of the method names out of the resource controller that like mm-hmm. could hit a database,
2: and uh, oh and man. Turn them into that seems so JavaScript much that methods. saves so much time because I find myself having to do that right like construct these same things over and over. Yeah, and you you end up with these Axios calls like all over your app, and that's just gets weird. I love that. It's nice. It, remi- it reminds me of like um, kind of anytime I use Guzzle, I always like kind of hide it away behind a gateway. Like so, I have I'll have a class called Gateway that I call, and that will hold all of my all of my calls to anything you know anything that that yeah. is using Guzzle is going to call that Gateway. And it makes it way easier. Like I know, anytime I have one of those Guzzle calls, I just need to go to my gateway <laughs> directory, and there's,
0: that's where all my Guzzle calls are right, going to live. Right. Um, huh? That's interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm definitely going to use the that. record, I'm not against the resource routes. I'm just just purely against that resource route resource method. I want you know I want index, create, mm-hmm. edit, update, mm-hmm. destroy. Right. I just don't want route resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Is there an argument here? I did not hear this. Yeah, right. it, so it depends
0: was... on the si- it depends on the size of that routes file though if you've only got a handful of routes, then it's, you know, just be explicit about it. Especially if you're going to use, for me, I've really started using the fluent route definitions now. And it just looks nicer to have route get, Mm -hmm. route route patch, route put, route, whatever Mm -hmm. in there and then chain it all together. So this fluent route Mm -hmm. definition thing you
3: speak of, you can chain like a get and a post in the same statement. Mm -hmm. Not in the the same statement. No, I'm saying I don't have like one route
0: get then you know yeah, yeah. arrow name arrow users right, whatever right 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 yeah um and then you know route patch just and it's easy to look at that route so I mean you can PHP artisan route list or whatever but you're switching then from your editor to your terminal to look at the routes and I think it makes sense just to look at it, it I mean the route resource is implicit I guess but I don't know I do agree I like.
2: Michael like I and you could also do the the resource only
1: yeah thing too.
0: you've got only and accept but I don't know
2: yeah. I've have I have both in production. I use I use two different. You know, I have some some uh, projects that use raw resource and some that don't. My more recent projects, I list them out, and I'm more explicit about it. I think because. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I use implicit route model binding as often as possible anymore, oh, just because yeah. I feel like it's so nice to not have to in the controller call find or fail. Right. And <laughs> and so since that's the case, sometimes I'll be I'll have to wonder like, oh, okay, what's the automatic thing that it's injecting here? Is it is it user or is it users? You know. And it's like I don't ever have to wonder. I just go look at my routes file. Oh yeah, it's the placeholder is user. Okay, that's what the variable has to be in the controller method or you know whatever it might be. Is it photo or photos? Is it comment comments or commenting or whatever, I don't know, any weird yeah. crap that I right. come up with.
3: Well, like I said on 20% time, I don't actually use route resource for the record. <laughs> like I am a defender of it, but I never use it because I haven't found it like you use- I don't well, use definitely it at work. Yeah, not at work. But <laughs> but yeah, like it, it 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 hasn't quite worked out for me, but I still hold this ideal that like all a Laravel app will be Is middleware and route resources. And like, you know, like it's just like you can get so far with middleware and route resources and I don't know. And implicit mount rattle binding and put all that together and your controllers are just so bare and then
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll find the tweet. I'm pretty sure Taylor has said that it's an anti patent or something like that, and you shouldn't use it. And it's not documented, so I think that's all we need to say on the matter, really.
1: Oh, man. Caleb, one of these days, I'm going to give you access to the Fragile repo on GitHub and you can just really enjoy that fragile? Routes file. What's, what's, what's it's fragile? four lines. It's a four-line Routes file.
3: Wow. That's beautiful. Uh, beautiful. What's
1: Fragile? Is this a side hustle? It's it's never going to make any money, so I wouldn't really call it a <laughs> hustle, but it's, it's like a... It's like my programming mistress. Um, <laughs> nice. It's like it's where you know it's where I get all of oh my the satisfaction gosh, <laughs> in my life. Um, it's like any code that like I would never ask a right. client to pay me for, uh, I do in That's Fragile. Weird. So <laughs> oh, I, word, I, I don't know. That. I came out of like I did like a lot of PM and stuff, and so I never found the right task manager. And so I started right. Fragile, which is an agile task manager that will break a lot because it's being used in production. <laughs> uh, and so I just have Fragile dot, uh, what is it? let all go Fragile dot Colborne dot work go buy or something. Uh, um, no, no, it, it's not even for okay. sale. You can't buy it. It's just mine. You can't have it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I use it to manage the tasks on itself. Um, and I that's basically just purpose. break it all the time just, and use it. Yeah. I use it as an exercise in I'm uh, in. I'm registering right now. in architecture. I, I too
3: have a mistress. Oh no! I'm, literally, I'm register? literally
2: registering. I found the route.
3: <laughs> You're gonna have to share that. Uh, God damn it. I found uh, the route. No. <laughs> Why did I say that? All right, I, I have, am. I have a registered. Uh, I am in. Hold I'm on. A Laravel app mistress at the moment myself, and I'm interested if you guys do. So my the latest in in my laravel fun is um so this app the routes file there's no controllers in this app it's one big routes file and they're all closures completely <laughs> oh, like, <no. laughs> if you can't cache yeah. that yeah i mean i'm just i don't know like i, I started writing it and i'm like you know what what the heck like why not and let's just see how far it goes and if it's i don't know so it's the index.php framework, yeah, the index.php <laughs> framework right
2: so what is it what is it what's the uh what's it accomplish
3: it's um it's like a budgeting app so the idea like you, you guys ever heard of mint um, yeah like personal capital things like that the idea is you just um so i don't have to pay for all the credit card links you use mint and then you export your transactions from mint and mm-hmm. you just import it into this app and it's just my own personal way of managing money it's called the money machine and eventually i'd like to get it to a point where i can have other people use it but for me it's you know yeah but that's cool one big routes file web.php that's where How,
2: it all
0: that is how long have you been working on it for? <laughs> like uh, three weeks. So. Okay. All right. That's not, not bad. I've got a yeah, This I've is got the a app project. that you, you did this screen share with Matt on?
2: No.
3: That's a different thing that didn't quite get off the ground. Right. That was more for like taxes and stuff. This is, um, okay. this is just my own thing. Like I, I, I basically have a spreadsheet that does this. And so I thought I'll turn it into a Laravel app.
2: Nice. By the way, I am always amazed. Every year I use TurboTax to do my taxes. I'm like, the people who created this must be geniuses because it's so, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it must be Mm -hmm. with all the different states and all the different rules and all the different things. And it's not a complete disaster. Like it works. Right. And it's good. And the UI is good. And I can come back. I can like literally close the window, nuke my session in the middle of the thing, come back, and it's exactly where I left off. It's just a great piece of software. So That's I kind of take some inspiration from that, actually, because the the industry that I work in, there's a lot of freaking forms and a lot of freaking fields. Mm. And TurboTax has the same... I mean, it's all fields and forms, right? right. But they somehow make it feel really good. Mm. Uh, like, you feel like you have a tax professional, like, holding your hand and guiding you through it and like, oh, hey, don't forget about this. And hey, let's go back a step. You th- I think you missed this piece and... It all just feels so good so sometimes i like kind of log in there and like look around and just like take some inspiration <laughs> from what they do like from TurboTax, it seems like an unlikely source but it really yeah. is a solid piece of software oh
3: yeah, that's a good call
2: the thing that i'm kind of working on, on the side is a it's called sleuth and it is a dependency it's like it checks your dependencies to make sure that none of them are vulnerable So, there is a couple other things that do this. I'm hoping to build um, some intelligence around it so that it's not just a list of vulnerable packages, but also things like, hey, you're using a, a library that literally has three stars. Are you sure you want to be using this? Or you're using something that hasn't been updated in three years, you know, or something like that. And kind of just giving you feedback on the dependencies that you're consuming in your application it was a little bit scary like daniel you we were talking you guys were talking about a 20 percent time when you were talking about the auto loading and you were like great i can just change my uh you know change my service provider and nuke your application right like (laughs) when you you update it (laughs) right (laughs) uh so that sort of stuff that is really scary to me and like again the industry i work in it's like we're very much like audited and and like very under a lot of compliance stuff and so it's really important for mm-hmm. us to be able to say with confidence yes I can show you a green check mark that says that all of our dependencies are solid you know we are using good mm-hmm. dependencies Is it specifically for PHP? Yes. Okay. So is it like a
1: wrapper like is it just checking the it uh, change? Composer. Yeah, JSON the composer.lock
2: file, actually. It would be, like, required that you'd have a lock file, because okay. otherwise, really, there's no way for me to know what version of a dependency you have. You know, you have to have a lock gotcha. file, or else it's just whatever a composer happens to grab the next time you update. It'd be cool if you built a CLI for it that wrapped around Composer, so you could do, like,
1: sleuth require hmm. a thing, and then before it actually required it, it would, like, basically, like, run it through a series of checks and make yeah. like, you sure about this? Like, because... That is what that's the best time to find out that you're using yeah. a bad package is like right before you use it um, instead
2: of, you know, once you've written a thousand lines mm-hmm. of code. That that's a good. On it. That's a really good point. Phase two. Phase two. Yeah. Phase two. Uh, I phase am hoping two. to. So like it would be a continuous integration sort of thing. So it would happen on any pull requests or any pushes in. It would actually integrate with GitHub. Uh, that's been a really interesting part of it. Because I want to make it integrate with GitHub and GitLab and, and Bitbucket and stuff. And how they handle the continuous integration stuff is really, I think, quite different on each platform. Hmm. And so they've got these statuses. I'm sure. Do you guys use like anything? you guys use Travis or Style CI or anything like that at, at Titan? Codeship. Codeship. Okay. Yeah. Now, does Co- Codeship handle the whole pipeline flow for you? Does it do all of the continuous integration stuff? Or does it push to GitHub? Like those statuses?
3: You're talking the wrong
1: guy. Daniel? Yeah, I don't know. I well, everything I do is for one client, and they okay. handle all okay. the CI stuff. So,
2: so like <laughs> yeah. on GitHub, if you make a pull request and you have like CI tools, kind of right. Yeah, I've I've done like okay. Travis and yeah. Jack so you stuff. know how you like you get well, if you're doing a pull request, you'll get like a little green checkbox or something. It'll yep. like run your test, and then it gives you mm-hmm. a little green checkbox. That's that's what this would do too. So it mm-hmm. would run during your cool. during your oh. pull request or before you do a. Mm-hmm. You you can actually do two. Right, so you can say like. If I pull request to this, like, so check my pull request to make sure that all those dependencies are good. And then you can also have a push. So mm-hmm. when I push this into the branch that I'm asking to push it into, is that going to be good still? So nice. we can do both of them. And it'll come back and we'll give you a little green checkbox. And if it's not, then you can go see why it's failing. Mm-hmm. And then you could make a quick p- fix PR and merge that in. And then it mm-hmm. would fix it for you. Sweet. So, yeah. So that's huh. the goal. It's um, it's getting close. I'm hoping to have a beta version out by Laricon. Nice. For so the, um at, at least for GitHub. The Are you
3: debut it at, right the science fair the
2: science fair yeah exactly yeah, that's awesome
3: do we, I, any, do we have any news on that go ahead mike
0: no no yeah i was just about to say i haven't really heard anything about the science fair at all i've tweeted about it a couple of times but you know, i I know jake's working on sleuth and and that but i don't really know like i guess david hemphill will talk about push silver and the stuff that he's been doing maybe adam will talk about but at the same time i think maybe they're sort of a bit beyond the science fair phase of right, yep. of those projects. So, right. not sure. I'm sure we'll see something cool, but everyone's been pretty quiet yeah. about it so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, Michael, any side hustles for you? I've been thinking about it. You know, I've talked a bit about this WordPress thing that I wanted to do. And I think it's probably, given that I haven't started it, it's probably too much of an undertaking for a first <laughs> attempt. But in the light of the conversations that, that we've been having and you and I and in the last couple of weeks and even, even today talking about looking how other people write code and just learning things that way, I've got an idea around... Laracast obviously teaches people how to use the framework. I want to do a few like short three, four, five-minute videos around how I actually use the framework more from the perspective of having people watch like how I go about it more so than, you know, this is, this is how right. to use the framework. Right. More like this is just how I write code using the framework. Um, so talking about, you know, you were talking about models and how you lay them out on 20% time. Yep. So I, I've got a way that I go about that. So to just talk about the way that I'd lay out a model, why I make those decisions and that kind of stuff, why I do certain things in an application and sort of build up a base repository around that. So yeah, that'll just be a free thing cool. of short videos that people can may or may not be interested in subscribing to. I think that's awesome.
1: That's awesome. You should keep it updated too as yeah. you change your mind on. And things. yeah, and
0: that happens a lot. You know, and I said on
1: it'd be cool to like diff it year over yeah, year. You know,
0: it'd be interesting to to differ on videos. But I certainly yeah want to keep it up to date. Like if anything changes, I'm like okay, so I did this, but now here's a new way of thinking about it. You know, right. new versions of Laravel come out. So, there's different ways mm-hmm. of doing things. And it's cool just to document that, the thought process is as much as anything. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, as I said on Laravel News last episode, Jake, that so much of the community learns Laravel from Laracast now. So, there's, mm-hmm. it's really a single train of thought, but different environments, different pressures, different stresses of different jobs lead you to make different decisions so it's cool and you know it'd be really cool if more people did it i know it's you know it's it's an undertaking in and of itself to sit down and record screencasts and then upload them and release them and then announce them to the world i guess but it'd be cool to see lots of different people's ways of working because it's it's interesting to see the thought processes around it more so than just here is the finished product it's nice to see the journey on how people got there yeah yeah i agree
2: one thing er, so adam had put out that blog post about how he launched refactoring to collections and he had some tips on there about launching your own product and he talked about a tripwire product yeah and kind yeah. of this thing like you sell for like three dollars right and just somebody's going to be more inclined to buy from you if they've bought something for you for three dollars and it delivered you know exactly what it was so yeah. it almost like just putting a very small price tag It'd be like <laughs> i, I don't know if you would do that like for this particular thing if you could say yeah. like buy my best practices for $2 yeah. or, or something. And this is the other know. thing, right?
0: The the Tripwire product and listening to the more recent episodes of, of uh, Full Stack Radio and just David and Adam talking about launching a product. I've, I've seen more value in sort of just building up a bit of an audience, building up a list right. of email addresses of people subscribe to it just to go, you know, here's this thing for free. I'm not asking you to invest a whole bunch of time. I'm certainly not asking you to invest any money in it, but just to see if there's actually anyone out there willing to listen to to me by myself without without having to ride along on Jake's (laughs) coattails oh goodness
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had like speaking of like micro pricing things I had this idea today while I was sitting in a coffee shop I uh I started trying to go to find a like message board post inside of a project inside of one of two base mm. camps that I'm part of mm-hmm. in Basecamp, and I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do if you've ever used Basecamp. Their permalinks are a d- oh, no. disaster. Like they have the ugliest routes ever, and so I was like, I really wish that I could just type like basecamp.com/client name/messages. Yeah. Enter right yeah. and be there. But I can't. And so, like, I have to, like, go click five times to get there. So I just bought (laughs) bcamp.li today. And I'm, like, just building, like, a little redirector where it's, like, log in with Basecamp. Like, we'll we'll graph all of your, you know, project names and stuff. And just, like, I'm building a little redirector. And I was, like, I wonder if someone would pay me $10 a year for this. (laughs) Like, just give me $10 and for the next year you'll have pretty URLs for Basecamp.
3: Just $10 infinities. Yeah,
1: $10
2: lifetimes except it may go away at any point. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, um
2: I've actually had decent success with something that I built that was like scratch my own itch sort of thing called Markdown to Medium. Yeah, where I, I saw that. Yeah, so oh. I had to I had the unfortunate situation of I had posted a blog post and I wanted to put it on Medium because I feel like Medium gets so much more traction and it really does. It's The, mm, the yeah. best thing about Medium is the audience. Uh, it exposes you to people that you would never be able to talk to otherwise because there's so many people looking on Medium for articles. And so it was like hashtag Vue.js and it like blew up. It was like probably my most read article of all time ever. Wow. But there was a lot of code blocks in it. And I was like, the code blocks in Medium are nasty. They look horrible. They're yeah. just a gray chunk mm. of text and... I really wanted syntax highlighting. So I was like, okay, how do you do this? So it turns out you have to take that code block, you have to save it in a gist, and then you have to paste the link of that gist into your Medium post and then press enter and it will then inject a little gist code block. And destroy your gist. Exactly. Interesting. Gist
3: uh, repository.
2: Yeah. And so I was like, this is annoying because I had a ton of them. I had a ton of code blocks. I was like, it's got to be better way to do this. Or... I'm never going to do this again, kind of thing, and so yeah, Yeah. yeah, I just built this Markdown to Medium where it will you paste in your Markdown and it will go look for any triple backticks and it will take those and extract them and create gists for you and then paste those links back in where those backticks were and then you and then it will create a new gist for you that was your original Markdown replaced with those links and then it it gives you a little URL to copy and then you just it has a link and it says go to Medium and paste this in and you paste it and there's your new medium link and it's got all your syntax highlighting in there with little code blocks that's That's so cool but it took me like i don't know probably a couple weeks of not not a couple weeks of like whatever just a couple nights maybe over a couple weeks because i was just trying to find the time and i've had probably like 900 to a thousand people use it wow and nice. so that it's been awesome. really nice. But what I'm, what I'm hoping it will be for me is not necessarily a tripwire product where I get people to buy it, but more like Ian, who was talking about on full stack, like just a place where you can essentially get emails, you know? So when right. I'm ready mm-hmm. to launch something, I can <laughs> say, hey, you've used something that I made before. If you're interested, I'm starting this other thing. Like if you'd like to be on my email list, right. just do this, right? I figure I've earned one email from these people. Yep. Yep. So it costs me like nothing. That's and awesome. It's uh, it works pretty well. So, anyway, it's been fun. Yeah, to see that. Any Anytime of it comes working. up, people
0: people will mention it every now and then. And I'm like markdown to mediumcom This solves that problem that you're about to have. So that's awesome. I had this
1: one thing that I don't know if I don't know if this is worth building. I really I'm only bringing it up here because I hope someone <laughs> else will go build it because I don't have time. But uh, I was just thinking the other day how great it would be if you could point a branch of a Git repo. At something and it would just generate it would take all of the bodies of your commits, mm-hmm. so the titles of your commits and turn them into like h2s the bodies of your commits and turn them into ps and then insert the code blocks of like the diffs of your mm-hmm. commits in context and i could just point a branch and like generate basically most of my blog post just from like commits and code diffs
2: and then yeah you see what i'm saying i think so would you have to specifically make the branch for the purpose of yeah for the purpose of the blog post okay yeah
1: so it's like huh. if i
2: wanted to show like so for
1: example, uh, I'm working on like a relay JS blog post right now. And so I took Fragile from like this like very Reacty resourcey, you know, Axios calls and everything place. And then I'm I basically created a branch and like transitioned it to use Relay JS with GraphQL backend. So it's like it's just one branch of my app where I like made this big change. And so I don't want to go through and like show everyone through my entire app, but I do want to show them like everything, like I can show them like, hey, in the beginning, here's what it looked like. And then like, here's all of the changes I made. And like, I could just take my commit bodies and throw them in as like justification for each change, mm-hmm. you know, and then get to the end. So I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of the blog posts I, I want to write are just like, hey, like here's a Laravel install. Now, like here's, you know, 15 commits worth of changes. And then you're at the end of the blog post, you know,
2: I think your biggest challenge might be educating the people as to how to use it, like how to you'd have to have some clear instructions on and or, you know, could I use it for a blog post where I wasn't interested in showing diffs? Like all I wanted to show was like heading two. here's the blog post portion that is like the body of my commit. Mm -hmm. And then here is a block of three pieces of code, like three blocks of code. And then next H2 and then whatever, and then three new pieces of code, right? Like, yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. genius, though. That's a really interesting, it's a really interesting idea. And
1: it's like, it would take, like, you would still have to go through and, like, edit it, but, like, just by writing the code and, like, writing good commit yeah. messages, you, have your you would basically end up with, like, three quarters of a blog
2: post. Yeah. 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 So, so if you're listening, bored <laughs> person out there, please build race. this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> call, it, call it branch to blog post. There you go, <gasps> millions, millions at least. <laughs> You'll get yeah, some emails. Right, there you go.
3: Because I know we're wrapping up in a bit. Question. So, so we're talking about products. We're talking about uh, we referenced Adam and his, you know, and tripwire products and followings and email lists and things like that. W- where do you guys how 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 are your thoughts in this realm? So, so there's a lot of this buzz going about, and and so we're all following Adam, and then he makes a bunch of money, and you know, like ConvertKit and his blog. And like, I read his blog, I signed up for his emails, everything like that. And then I'm inspired to do the same thing. And so but but he sort of, you know, he definitely speaks out about like motives and intentions Mm -hmm. in tweets and things like that talking about, you know, like, like, like having having the right motives being pure in your, your desire to help people tie. And then Mohammed, I think retweeted something today or tweeted, like Adam said, something like great people are people who, you know, who are just there to help, and they have to make money so they can do stuff for free or something like that so anyway so yeah. personally like I feel very conflicted in this realm I want to act with the right motives I don't think I'm necessarily doing this like I, I I, don't feel like like I'm using the Twitter community to build up myself and my shrine and things like that but, but that is what you're doing in a way you're you shrine. know you are in like I'm sharing these tips and I'm doing it so that they'll get traction and you know like growth hacking hashtag growth hacking like that's the dirty yeah. part of it so anyway I find myself constantly kind of battling this thing and questioning myself and and uh i want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on it and if this is something you think about or where you think the community is at with these things i don't know what do you get
0: who wants to start um yeah yeah i'll okay. go i i mean i've been doing this now for i guess actively probably a year and a half and uh, look a lot of it has just been getting a name out like i i like to to teach things to people i don't necessarily think that i'm a good teacher as such like i'm not a a Jeffrey or an Adam or even a Matt in, in terms of teaching. But I think I've always found it very valuable to share things that I learn. I don't think there's any, any reason to sort of keep it a secret. We're all struggling. We're all... Everyone, there's always going to be yesterday's Michael somewhere in the world tomorrow, right? So if you can help just one other person, and I guess encourage them to help another person uh, learn, it's good. I don't necessarily think of it as a way to, you know, it it feels kind of slimy to go, you know, I'm going to do all this stuff for free so that I can get get people to help out in the future, you know, to, to buy something or whatever. Personally, I don't think I can commit to invest the time to do that, to to build something that people would then pay for later, right? So a lot of it for me is genuinely like helping people out. To That's why Jake and I, I guess, started initially the North Beach South podcast was just to share our experiences as, you know, people that are just general developers, what we're learning, what we're doing, problems we're overcoming. Um, and then people would learn from that. And then that led on to us taking over Laravel News podcast and we're doing the same kind of thing, right? We're, we're taking our time to share with people things that are happening on, uh, you know, in the community. So I don't really think of it too much in terms of like building that up. That I think that's just a nice side effect. It, it happens right. organically. And you know, uh, if I can if I can capitalize on it in some way down the track, I don't I don't think that people would get like funny about it just based on what I have right. seen from the community already on on the back of what other people have done. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I think
1: I don't know a lot of like I am definitely like I I make no bones about the fact that like when I'm out there doing the things that I am doing, like I hope they grow and like I hope that. You know, I hope my Twitter followers go up. I hope I get more podcast listeners. I hope all the things. Like, I'm very, like, pretty open about that. Um, and, like, if you if you ever listen to Fits and Starts, it's, like, mostly me, like, berating myself for being such an <laughs> arrogant piece of shit. But, uh, <laughs> like, but I think the thing is, like, my motive, I, like, I have, I very very much don't think that I'm going to like go Adam Wathan and you know <laughs> make 700 grand doing yeah. 7 you know video courses or whatever. Point. Yeah. Yeah, yes. 700 million <laughs> doing video courses. Um <laughs> like I, I that's not my motive, but like a big part of what I do want is like I grew up like I grew up on the internet and there's like these people like I admired on the internet from childhood who were like out there living on the internet as like public people and like the community of like people who were all aware of each other on the internet was like this really really cool thing that I like observed as a kid and so like that's one of the reasons like talking to Anil Dash on or something is like amazing for yeah. me because it's like oh my god like I know you from when I was a kid you were like a famous internet person and then now I get to talk yeah. to you you know And it's like and that like that thing that I always saw was like really really appealing to me right and so in the Laravel community we have like a much smaller right. version of that but it's like oh my God, like I listen to your podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's this cool shit, you know? And it's like, it's just cool, yeah. you know? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, if you think about it too hard, your ego will yeah. get involved, you know? And like, if you, if you stare for too long at your Twitter follower account, like your ego will get involved. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. But like, for me, it's just like, this is cool. Like, how is this not so yeah. cool that it's like all totally. these people like who I knew about now like some of them know about me like oh my god jeffrey way followed me on twitter my life is (laughs) over Like what the, you know like these things like it's insane it's just insane you know like i just it's just fun and so like for me like maybe it's a dopamine hit of like of arrogance but for me i it feels like more just like a dopamine hit of like adrenaline
2: of like oh my god like this is the mountain i
3: wanted to climb these are the
2: people you know that's a good take so i don't know I just realized Jeffrey Way is not following me. I'm so sad. <laughs> Go get where it, dude. Get it. Jeffrey, <laughs> just follow me. You can do Come it. on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a tip. Uh, I realize, Matt Stauffer had a five minute Geek Show episode where he said that he realized that he processes externally, and that was a really helpful thing for me to hear because. I my brain is a million places like when I hear this question I'm like "Ah, I don't have a well-formed thought on this because Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever really taken the time to think about it but talking about it out loud helps me to figure out what I think about it so I'll probably ramble a little bit but I'll give you my thoughts I suppose um standard Standard. yeah (laughs) um I think for me it's almost some sort of validation uh you know I I kind of have always enjoyed doing computers and, uh, HTML and whatever, you know, back in the day when I was just starting, but like, I had no idea what I was doing. Never had any formal training, just like many people, uh, went to school to be a, a you know, went to college to be like a math teacher. Right. And never thought I could make a career out of doing this stuff. So I think my first opportunity to kind of get involved and be like, Hmm, I wonder like, I wonder what it would be like to kind of code with some of these big dogs. Right. Like, I think so Matt Stauffer's like first, the, the first um, uh, repository that I that I pull requested it was super intimidating for me to even pull requests yeah because I was like oh man he's gonna think my code is crap and yep. like whatever and then I got like some really good feedback and I was like oh my gosh like he's talking to me this is so cool like <laughs> free code reviews from like these people that I idolize and uh so I kept on going with that and I was like Matt, Matt at Laracon and I was like oh this is really cool like I get to Actually meet these people, and they like know who I am because I I contributed to that. So I guess it's not like I, I don't feel like I'm earning favors necessarily, but I feel like I'm earning credibility. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when people when people look at the things that I've done, they can and they can for themselves and for me, maybe say like, okay, well, he's doing these other things. Like he contributed to this repository. He does these podcasts. He's said these couple things. I've seen a couple of tweets on his, on Twitter. Hopefully eventually I get to a point where people will be like, okay, he kind of knows what he's talking about. So I think for me, that's more what it is. Like I, I need to, I need to be validated. And I think like for me, there's this book called the seven love languages and like words of affirmation is like a big one for me. Like I need not that like I need to be constantly affirmed, but it helps me to be yep. like, okay, like you can do this. Like it helps me kind of get rid of that imposter syndrome, right? To hear like, right. Oh yeah, this is good. Or to get another like on Twitter. So yeah, I'll stop there. No, that's cool.
0: Right. I have, I have two more things that are quick and then we really need to wrap up cause got to get out of here, but two quick things. Number one, I really enjoyed that blog post that Adam wrote and we'll link it in the show notes. Where he went through, you know, step by step, everything that he went through in launching his products. The thing that I I had to ground myself on with that though is that that is not going to work for everyone. Um, you know, not everyone's going to have a hundred thousand dollar idea. Not everyone is going to ship that thing. And so it's important for me to realize that as nice it would be to do that, it's not. It, it can't be about the money at the end of the day. Um, so that that thing really grounds me. The other thing. Uh, I should have written down because I have forgotten what it was now. So. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and that's going to be yeah, the show. It's, it's going to be like, and there we but go. Yeah. And we forgot. And perfect. All right. <laughs> and yeah. we're mm-hmm. out. Um, One thing.
2: <laughs> we, I will just say for Michael and myself, we are huge fans of what you guys are doing. Keep doing totally. it. You guys are doing killer stuff on Twitter, on 20% Time, on Fits and Starts. We love all the stuff you guys are doing. So keep going with it. That's crazy. Yeah thanks man yeah, yeah no we we were both listening right. to it's you very guys much before the opposite we were doing yeah yeah definitely.
1: so um, <laughs> for sure so it's it's cool that yeah, you guys this is definitely this. like a status
3: thing not a status thing like a like you know like a whoa this it's happened a, like guys like he they asked us it's not yeah <laughs> we're we're honored it's uh thank you yeah appreciate it yeah a ton. our pleasure a ton our fun pleasure fun. yeah it's keep totally.
2: I, like i said i every friday on my way home from uh from Work, I always look forward to listening to your guys' stuff, so some super good discussions there. Um, it'll be super fun to hang out with you guys in New York this year, too. Are oh, you yeah. guys both coming? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, great. And you were there yeah, last we'll year, weren't there. you, Caleb? Were yeah. you there last year, Daniel? Yeah, uh, okay, oh. no, I was not. My my work, Caleb, I remember <laughs> seeing you there, I think. I don't know if we got formally introduced, yeah. but like, oh, we I remember we,
3: we hung out a little bit. Um, okay. yeah, we, we talked in front of the stairs, okay, yeah, it cool. happened. Just, Just so a quick move on. Move on. You we, I, I we, shared, remember.
0: Don't, yeah. we shared
2: a log romantic stare. My hand brushed yours as we walked past.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: and I pulled out my little steno book and I
1: checked Jake off. Jake <laughs> of yeah. uh, yep. good so funny.
0: Uh,
2: all right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Thanks guys. I don't want to keep you too much longer and Michael included. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. It's been awesome. We love you guys.
3: Back at love you. Thank you boy- love you, too. Love you, too. Bye. night. Bye guys. Good See you later. <laughs> See yeah. you, guys. Bye.
2: Wanted to also take a quick minute to thank Spassi again for sponsoring our podcast this week and take a quick moment to talk about one of their amazing open source projects that they have out there free for you to use. Uh, this one is called URL Signer. And it is super handy. It creates a secure URL with a limited lifetime. I have had to do this uh, a lot, a lot of times. And it's um, really simple. So you just say URL signer, arrow, sign, and then you provide the URL of the link that you want to sign and then the time limit so 30 days or something like that and what it will do is it will create a url for you that you could share with your users when they come to visit that you just validate the link using the same library url sign or validate you pass in the url that they gave you and if it's validated then you pass them along and if it's not validated then you just abort and it makes it really really simple to do this so check that out if this is something that you need to do, creating secured URLs with a limited lifetime. Thanks again to Spassi for sponsoring our show.
0: And there you go, that wraps episode 31 of the North Meet South web podcast with Caleb Porzio and Daniel Colborn. We did actually realize after finishing the recording that this was our 1 year birthday episode as well. So happy birthday to us and thanks to all of our wonderful listeners for sticking around. If you do enjoy the show, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating or review in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. It is always, always appreciated. Your feedback means the world to us. If you'd like to ask us a question or have a suggestion for a future show, you can reach us at NorthSouthAudio on Twitter or on our personal Twitter accounts. And show notes for this episode will be at NorthMeetSouth.audio forward slash 31.
2: Okay, Michael, how do you want to do this? You want to say, hey, I'm Michael. I say, I'm Jake. And then Daniel and then Caleb. And then you can say, so, yeah. okay, we'll do that. Okay.
1: Wait, I'm recording. Let's let's do a clap or something just in case this gets super fucked oh, up.
0: Don't, don't even worry about it. This happens every week. Okay. I have like a lag because of like Australia. And because Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, because equator. Yeah.
2: All right, cool. Okay, ah. so go ahead, Michael.
0: Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda.
2: And I'm Jake Bennett.
0: I'm Caleb Porzio. Oh, you guys doing? <laughs> I'm like, I just found our outtake, right? Yeah. Uh. Oh, wonderful.
3: <laughs> right, here we go. We're going right. to try this
2: again. It's going to be Michael, Jacob, Daniel, and then Caleb. All right. Okay, here we go.